Casey, welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. Thanks for having me. I am stoked to have you here. Let me set up a little bit of context for anybody listening. So Blogging Guide, I've actually seen on and off for quite a while. Casey is the human behind Blogging Guide. It's just bloggingguide.com. I want to get that out there. Um, but more recently, you were on a, a mutual friend of ours, Spencer's podcast and or YouTube channel. I found it on YouTube. And you were talking about some of your more recent website experiments, I guess you could say. And you specifically mentioned two websites that you started in early 2023, one of which did super well and is very impressive. I don't want to ask you questions about that. One of which you mentioned didn't do quite as well. And that piqued my interest. So I watched that YouTube video, heard Casey talk about a bunch of this stuff, and I was like, ah, I have so many more questions that I literally have them in front of me on my notes. And so I'm excited to ask you these. But obviously not everybody listening (laughs) went and listened to that episode with Spencer. So let's do a a relatively short version of the the Casey backstory. So why don't you walk us through how you got into uh, blogging, digital marketing, online entrepreneurship, like like the whole thing, like roughly what year was this? What was your background before that? How did you get into this? Sure. So um, my sort of beginning into digital marketing was more through the uh, digital PR side. So I worked for a, a lobbying firm here in DC that also did PR and strategic communications. So I kind of came at it from a almost online reputation management perspective background. I was aware of SEO as a practitioner. I didn't think of it as like SEO at the time. We, like I said, we used ORM was sort of the the term we used. But Ooh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but but basically, it was SEO, and I always had fun doing side projects, building you know, different websites. I've done pretty much all the, you know, ways you can make money online. I've, I've done hundreds of Amazon KDP books. I just enjoyed writing a lot personally. So I actually was kind of just prolifically cranking out content, I guess, from about 20, 2015 to 2018 kind of just on the side. And I made some money doing that. And I, I did some ghostwriting gigs for some, some interesting publications. And so yeah, I, I, my background was actually in writing like that, which is sort of odd given the the topic today. But I I actually was and still think of myself, uh, to some extent, uh, as like kind of a true blogger, although I'm now experimenting with all these different AI and outsourced technologies that would have, uh, would have replaced me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we could, we can come back to the, yeah, the AI replacing writers or whatnot. Cause actually, I actually find that an interesting subject. Okay. So 2015, yeah. 2018 doing some sites here and there. I always feel like disclosing this, by the way, like we could talk about your newest website, which makes like 15, 20K a month. Like, I think you just hit that mark a couple of months ago. Yeah. And a lot of beginners are like, oh, wow, that's amazing. And I think it's also just important to note that it wasn't literally your first website ever created. Like, no, you're, you're, and I try to include 
this disclaimer with everything I do in every article. In fact, the entire case study, the, the whole reason I included two sites in it was I expected divergent outcomes and I yeah. couldn't have been more right that the sites did wildly different yet yeah. nobody nobody focuses on the the site that just sort of had mediocre or you know below average or whatever performance but your your all your caveats are great like yeah I this was not my first site I'm probably like 50 sites in at this point and you know I've had some big ones this isn't my biggest but I've it's and it's not the biggest in my current portfolio either. But it's in the last few months it's jumped significantly. It's number two or three now. Yeah. Well, no one wants to talk about the failed site except for this guy. Yeah. Because I have questions about that. But what let's actually do. Oh, so let's talk about the the most recent successful site first sure. for a couple of minutes. And there are two of the biggest things. Two of the biggest question marks I had when I was listening to your other chat with Spencer, I'm going to tell you both of them, and then maybe we'll just take them one by one. Future, I'm, I'm doing air quotes for those who can't see me, future niche selection. How you chose your specific niche. You had mentioned something about like future topics or topics that might be more relevant in the future. I, I have questions about that. And then second, specifically, keyword research you had mentioned that you had this is like a uh, you don't let me put words in your mouth but from my perspective this is like a bulk content type of case study you've been literally hundreds of posts per month for a while there from what i remember and i think you even said you had like 700 of the uh, the keywords or the the specific articles or whatever you had several hundred ready to go researched before you did the site and so my head was tickling there like I would actually just like Casey to teach me how he did that because that yeah Pete struggles so with this in you, some cases you picked up on two of the two of the sort of more um, important points that people tend to gloss over I mean there's <laughs> there's a, a like I I know that sounds obvious but like niche selection yeah. cannot be you know oh it's, uh, it's just massively yeah no it's yeah. everything and you know, people obviously don't like hearing that because they're probably already starting on a project. So that advice might be to basically go back to the drawing board, which is, I, I, I agree. Like, I, I never would have listened to that, or and I wouldn't want to deter somebody from pursuing their project. This is just, though, you know, one of those things for if you're starting a new project today. Or if this was a, a not my main project, this was a side experiment that I started. Mm -hmm. So I, I think you have to view it, you know, through that lens. And yeah. uh, the other kind of point you made, sort of about uh, there was niche selection, and then actually sort of the the topical mapping of the site. That is something I did differently this time that I've never completely done. On another site where I literally, um, I used to have a whiteboard actually, but it got too big for that. I, I literally diagrammed out starting with just sort of the, basically what I, I think of as just the article ideas. And so these are sort of like the, what initially strike me as sort of concepts or things within the niche that I, 
I have a feeling. This is not based on keyword research. These are things that, as someone who has experience in the niche, I think are interesting. I generally am not aware of a lot of people really covering these specifically, and I jotted those down. And some of those end up being basically, in the end, duplicates, or they can be folded into one article. But the first step is just to kind of jot that all down. And so I have this kind of unwieldy map at first. And once you kind of jot those down, you can consolidate, like I said, the the topics. Only after I do that do I really get into sort of slightly SEO optimizing like the titles and thinking about how it's going to fit into a search strategy. And I, I, I this site you know, didn't just do well. It did well during one of the rougher periods for bloggers. I mean, the site started in January and survived like seven or eight updates that decimated most blogs, like, you know, during this time. And this is a brand, there's no domain authority. This is essentially a fresh site. Yeah, so that that's the... I, I think the topical mapping is is definitely key here. Okay. I have so many questions. Hang on. Give me like three seconds. Yeah. Why'd it survive? <laughs> okay. We're going to come back to these. So let's, uh, let's go deeper. I'm going to resist the urge to keep plowing forward about exactly everything you just mentioned. But okay. let's go back yeah. to the niche selection. Okay. So... You used ChatGPT to kind of work your way towards this niche. Is that correct? By the way, he's not going to mention the site. He's not going to mention the niche or the name or whatever. No, so. sorry. If anyone was looking for an easy win to rip off, no, that, that unfortunately won't be this podcast. And I, I do have a lot of experience building sites. Uh, right. If you want to search for it, I, I go ahead. But it's, it's it, like I said, I, I'm very open that the site is not run by me there's a persona associated with the site i i but i am genuinely part of the niche and my experiences are authentic and you know so i i will add that in there yeah yeah oh there's a good way to phrase this if you were doing it again today for a new site let's go that direction so you could tell us exactly the words you used when you chose your niche but i think it's more interesting to say if you had to follow a similar approach today if you're doing a new site what is this future niche that i'm holding up air quotes again what is this future niche that you were you were talking about so really just referring to the fact that the the niche i was specifically interested in was a topic that i had studied i had taken a few classes in college on so this is not like a unknown topic, but it's something that's gained a lot of interest in the past few years. So there's not, there are incumbents in the space. There are people writing about it. It's not like somehow, you know, the entire industry has missed the mark on this, but, (laughs) but it's, it, it, it was vastly, like a lot of topics it wasn't covered by people who were actually in the industry or had any sort of passion about it so a lot of the you know for instance you do a lot of 
content about podcasting and like you know that would be like i could crank out like a million you know articles very easily using tools like koala and you know i I could probably rank for them but do i have hundreds of hours of experience interviewing people using equipment like just knowing the little nuances I, i like no so if if it would be kind of like that where if all of a sudden we were transitioning from podcasting to let's say like you're kind of broadcasting in the metaverse and so there was a fundamental shift in in what i'm talking about so it's existing technology but it's changing and so i have some background in it but essentially nobody needs like a formal background in the very latest iteration because nobody has enough experience to really, you know, be a subject matter expert uh, per se. Yeah. It's like there are people writing about it or talking about it, but there's probably very few giants that have extensively covered this like for the past like 30 years, right? It's not like... Yeah, there's... No, there's... there's, That's interesting. No, it's only... There were no... I think most people, if they were doing the keyword research and sort of popping this in hrefs or trying to validate the traffic, they would have just said there's not nearly enough to even support getting on to Mediavine, let alone 10xing that, which is what this. Those are my favorite niches. And and yeah, that's that is for for a for a time effective sort of cost efficient project. That's what you're looking for. I mean. You know, I'm looking for, you know, and, and everyone always complains about how every niche is tapped out and all that. I mean, if you stick to the same, like, eight broad niches and you have, like, lifestyle, travel, pets, cooking, you know, health and fitness. Yes, like, you're you're going to have, like, incredible competition. And I've been in those spaces and I've done well with some some I haven't. And th- the idea with this was I was passionate about it and it was basically an underserved in terms of the content that was out there. And I figured if I could build it, this was also really a case study for myself about something I had stumbled upon, which was kind of now more referred to as topical authority. But the concept of really building a site that covers a topic in its entirety and very deliberately, in, in my definition, excludes any content that's not topically relevant. So there might be relevant search queries, all the people also ask, and all these long tail, you know, phrases. But the idea is you don't want to produce just a kind of spammy looking site. The idea is that you find, okay, what are the seven hundred essential articles this site needs and i actually just finished it two days ago so at the the site is it i literally it was november i think 24th i planned this out of 2022 and i stuck to that i had to try so hard pete not to like when i stumbled across an article that did well to not follow my instincts and double down on related traffic. But but the whole premise of this experiment was that 
by by really sticking to the true intent of the topic in the long run, although it went vastly faster than I could have ever imagined, in the long run that basically Google would understand that this site is not just sort of mining traffic, that th- this site you know, is kind of almost like if a hobbyist knew what they were doing high-level SEO and they started the perfect site with all the knowledge up front. And I have built many blogs over the years, so I, as you noted, like, I had that experience, and I've always strayed. When, when, you, when you find topics and keywords that hit, of course you take those wins. Like, this time, I, it was more about saying no to, like, all the, the you know, this, because some people are like, how could this even be a topic if there's only 700 posts? Like, how could that be the entire sort of scope of it? But I wasn't trying to cover sort of every tangential question. I basically picked the intersection of, like, two niches, and I said nothing outside that mutually overlapping, you know, category. The the, the example I use is basically, this is the closest example I can give probably, is... Uh, a topic I thought was neat but didn't do a blog on, but I, if someone wants to, they should. <laughs> but this would be too competitive, but it's a good example, is there's this concept called stealth wealth, which is sort of about living, you know, sort of, you know, it's the whole, like, you know, you, you have money, but you're sort of the millionaire next door. You're trying to keep, like, a low profile, not attract attention. It's kind of, like, just a neat like thing and that's kind of the example i've been giving for this to to help people understand is if you were to do like a site about stealth wealth you basically have the intersection of privacy and personal finance right there is like infinite things on either side of those that you know of the exclusive side of the venn diagram that you could do but the key is i'm looking for the 700 or however many in this case that would be, probably a lot more, but however many overlapping topics there are that, like I said, largely cover the topic in its entirety. So it has to be narrow enough. You know, I, I, I wouldn't go after something that I thought had more than, say, 2,000 articles. I, I didn't want that. The idea was to actually completely cover a topic and see how Google responded. And knowing what I know today, if I were starting a site tomorrow, in fact, I, I'm working on a number of sites. So mm-hmm. I, I just started a new one yesterday. So this is like very relevant. I, I'm not applying everything I learned, but I'm applying a lot of the principles and I'm really trying to plan things out and just sort of execute and use tools like AI purely to help execute in a timely and organized fashion. It's not so much that I'm unwilling to go through the process. I've had teams of writers work for me. I like writing. I can crank out content, but I can't compete with the the content velocity of, of a you know, a really well-crafted first draft of AI 
that yeah. I then edit. That's like pretty hard to compete with. I mean, yeah. so. So I will, uh, you don't even know about this, but that's fine. I'll still promote for just a second. Yeah, go ahead. But also, <laughs> but also go to something important you said on this other <laughs> mystical podcast with Spencer that no one listened to this, probably listened to, but something you said that I really appreciated. You know the gif where there, it's like preach? Like, oh, preach, Casey. It was when I think Spencer asked you about, I don't remember exactly what he said, but basically SEO optimization. And specifically like on-page SEO and using tools like Surfer SEO or uh, Rank Math or Rank, whatever. There's like a million of them. Yeah. Right? And something you said in there, I don't want to go too deep into it right now because I actually have too many questions, but you were basically just like, no. <laughs> like, I write for the topic. Like, I write for, you didn't say this either, but I think you meant it. Like, you write for the human that clicks on it yes. in search or whatever. And I had somebody email me. Oh, it doesn't matter. I was going to, one of my, one of my so I created a bulk content tool. It's called Fab fab.ai one of my users emailed me she's like hey can you can we like integrate this with like surfer <laughs> or like one of these other tools and i was like no to stop like that's not what you should be caring about i'm sorry i was gonna ramble i actually no, don't want to talk about that because i have so many a, questions that's but good, if you want to respond go ahead no you you characterized it completely right and i i was like yeah not only do i not think that's good practice but i genuinely did not use a single sort of on-page writing tool uh, basically, the only reason AI was efficient for this is I had refined sort of the prompts enough and this niche happened to work. That's the other thing is you, you can't just cram every niche into this. There are some that are not compatible with AI. You you have to play around with it. You never know what, what will work oh, yeah. and, and what won't. And the other thing with that is that, you know, some... Some of these uh, niches, like, they're not that hard to interlink. But, like, for me, that's I spend a lot of time on internal linking. And the fact that now, like, tools like Koala have it built in where it maps your site. Like, this wasn't even, didn't even exist when I started the project. But in the last few weeks here, the fact that I can now have it intelligently map and link to each new article in real time as I'm writing it, that that's a pretty big advantage. So I didn't I had to do that still manually for almost the entire process for this first site. The reason I'm bullish on starting other ones is that's all done automatically now. So there the the benefits of AI are still coming out. You know sure. chat GPT was not like the 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 pinnacle of this you know like th that was like a proof of concept for like mainstream sort of consumption you know the you have to find these little advantages and just kind of run with them and one thing i noticed like i said you know i spend hours on internal linking sure there are some tools that do it automated but they're they're all sort of they all have their own flaws. And I, I found that this was a much more organic way of doing that. Yeah. I just released my internal linking and affiliate linking feature in fab.ai. 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 I'm self-promoting because that's... that's yeah. um, all right. Casey, something I keep coming back to. Yeah. It's this idea of 700 
articles and you mentioned topical authority you mentioned literally drawing out like a topical map topical mapping i think is the word you use so you're you're starting more sites you you said you started one yesterday or was researching it yesterday or whatnot and you even mentioned like stealth wealth and then in my head as you were talking about this i was like oh yeah that's a great idea I'm in the personal finance community and have been for like a, a decade. I feel like that's like right in my wheelhouse. I'm right. not going to start that site. But I was thinking like 700 articles. And then you mentioned like, oh, yeah, that'd probably be like, you know, we could do like 2,000 or something like that. And my mind was like, how? Like walk me through the steps quite literally. Like I got – I don't have my whiteboard behind me, but I got a whiteboard somewhere yeah. down here. Walk me through the steps of, okay, I think I've gotten a niche – that I really want to test out, I'm interested in, et cetera. How do we get to that 700? Or not specifically 700, but you know what I mean? Like walk yeah. me through this topical mapping like step-by-step. Step. Yeah, and and to be clear, yes, that that example, I'm not sure what the, I didn't do the full exercise, so I don't know what the number is. It, it might be lower, like you said. 700 off the top of my head sounds like a lot, but if we're talking about the entirety of what you can discover over say a year you know you have to i think multiply whatever you can think of off top of your head times you know 50 or something like that if you're really gonna ultimately dive deep that's just where i that's it was in this case 700 but anyway to use the the stealth wealth example uh again i haven't done the full exercise nor is it my expertise but like i said it's kind of like the fun articles I would read and some of the things I might indirectly practice. So Mm -hmm. I would, for one example, I've kind of uh, on a few forums talked about is like, if I were doing this and I was writing, let's say about offshore bank accounts, because if you're, if, if you're doing, you know, you're the type of person that thinks that's cool. You know, you want to know like, how do I, Pete, you know, as as a normal guy, you know, law-abiding citizen, but, you know, somebody who just has a penchant for privacy, how do I, you know, really have my, you know, I'm trying to just think of what the group mindset would be. How do I, like, what would be exciting? What would catch my attention? So you might have an article, probably have more than one, but one article about, let's say, specific Offshore banks could could be simple, could be best, but it, it, it would be more likely something even more specific. You probably would have like the few jurisdictions. And again, I don't actually know this, but let's say, you know, you might have the Cayman Islands, you know, you might have like Lesudu, you might have, you know, you might have all these like random articles. And the temptation with most people would be to basically then do okay, we've talked about, you know, a couple of these obscure countries which are relevant to the topic because they actually have uh, sort of this layer of anonymity or something that the inside group would sort of identify with. But if we did, like, then best Canadian bank or, off, or like, best Canadian banks or whatever, like, under the same sort of, cluster 
that's something that will definitely get clicks and there's immense volume for like i'm sure you know way more than the obscure you know money hiding havens of the world um just because yeah it's canada you know it's a it'd be like us it's it's a big search term but if canada is not topically associated with like and it has nothing to do with stealth wealth nobody puts their money in canada to hide it and like i said maybe they do i don't know but if if canada is not known for that then i i think that's like a good example of like you chasing basically keyword volume you might intend to be useful and you might write the best article anyone's ever seen about canadian banking but to me that's deviating from the topical map because your audience is looking for these other topics that are going to catch their interest and we know that fundamentally they're not looking for like they're not comparing like just every country on the planet they're narrowing their focus to ones that have these certain characteristics so i would avoid like in that case writing a lot of the highest volume potential articles so that that's kind of that would be like one article i would start with and then you know you you have to iterate this thought exercise and this is where like chat gpt is good because sometimes you you know even if you know a topic well like you know you have trouble coming up with things and you need to think of it in a different way so usually i'd come up with like that first kind of concept like the offshore banking or the like uh, in my I, head that's like categories would you like if you're drawing out bubbles on a big whiteboard, would that be like some of the the first few big bubbles would be like different categories? Well, I the other thing I do is I, I which is maybe a little different in the process, but I don't I don't create the formal categories until after the map after all the ideas are sort of out there. I sure. you mean like what the actual like WordPress category is going to be titled? Yeah, and even just sort of higher like so that one I'm thinking is literally just one article. That's one of like I said there there might be a little more to that one. I think that's a bigger topic, but let's say okay, there's maybe three or four articles in that like at most. Again, we're not going to go wild and do like an entire cluster of you know reviewing every bank we're also not going to like you know compare banks that don't have like the the relevant sort of privacy you know if we're not just like i said going after things for search volume so if you're in the in group if you're somebody looking for this you've probably already done google searches you probably are aware like off the top of your head of like five to ten locations and you want either those locations and a more nuanced perspective of why, or you want to find the few outliers that nobody's included. And so in addition to having the consensus recommendation, you want to have those few hidden gems. But again, they shouldn't be something that's just for search traffic. It should be something that's actually useful to the reader. Like maybe, you know, 
I don't know, Austria or something like that in that case. So, Well, this is one of those circumstances where I feel compelled to mention that it's super difficult. I'm sure you'll agree with this. I'm going to put words in Casey's mouth right now. Super difficult to start a content channel, podcasting, YouTube, or anything that you don't actually know. <laughs> Not that you have to be the world's bona fide stealth wealth expert, yeah. but I would never, ever start this site because I don't know what the heck like I, Pete doesn't make enough money, apparently, to like, but it, be into this, right? There, I'm not an expert at all. Yeah, and and that's why, like, it, you, I'm sure on the personal finance side, like, you could add a lot, and I'm sure like everybody can draw, you know, privacy inferences from their own life. But like, again, like I said, if if you want this to like just be a magnet for people. And you want it to be basically something that when when Google eventually, when, when Google, come, you won't get this right away, but if you stick to narrow topical authority, and this is true of all the sites, like, like I said, some of them don't have the same potential, and that's kind of getting to the second site. That may just have been not the right niche, like, to have picked. Yeah. So. A smooth transition. Yeah. Casey. <laughs> smooth transition well let's we don't have that much time left even though i have more questions let's talk briefly actually one and then we'll come back to the site that didn't work as well yeah i hate to talk about tools so much because now more than ever they just change and what works for somebody doesn't necessarily work for somebody else but i'll ask besides a literal whiteboard what are some other helpful tools that could help with this topical mapping approach and i'm if you want to throw out seo tools by all means but i also mean like mind mapping software or bullet point software like i use dynalist and what's the other one i used to use? it doesn't matter but any other tools that you find helpful in that process I, honestly i keep it pretty simple i have i forget what it's even called but like a notepad app that uh syncs just between like if my my phone and desktop where I would jot down ideas that might come to me and I'd later, you know, either realize they're relevant or maybe not so relevant. But I, I, I think while you're browsing the internet, having a, so this is like a typical SEO tool, but not maybe the typical use is keywords everywhere. That's like a pretty basic and cheap like tool. Like yep. it, it works out to very little, like a dollar a month. And depending on how much you search. But if you use that at, over the course of, let's say, a month or two, and there are certain topics that you just, for fun, maybe you don't even realize it. Maybe they're news articles, maybe whatever. Y you end up searching for these topics a bunch. When you leave that on and you start to see like the keyword indicators, like, okay, almost all these are like zeros, and then you start for the traffic, and then you see one with 10 or 50, something like that. And you're like, you know, I, a lot of these zero keyword ones are actually probably a lot bigger, but the easy wins there might just be to like to test it, to start with something that just, if, if it's at all registering on tools like that, chances are it's probably four or five times that at least. Sometimes it's like 
a hundred times that. So that's really important to understand. But if so, this was like a topic that I Googled like obsessively and I left keywords everywhere on. And you, you do sort of get a rhythm after a while where you start to notice once you start to compare like actual articles and see how they perform, you, you do it does become a little more intuitive and I think it helps to have something that's like a baseline sort of across just your general search. If you're trying to figure out how much is this topic being covered, how much are people actually searching for this keyword versus the topic? Because like I said, again, a lot of people probably don't know the term stealth wealth. Like there are probably plenty of people who'd be interested in that who are like, no, I'm like a privacy zealot or a personal finance guy. Like, that's my thing. Like, they may never have even heard the term. So if Stealth Wealth didn't have like, you know, a million search volume, uh, that that would not be a, a deterrent. You know, you have to really, you know, it's not just semantic search. You have to actually like think through what they are trying to get at there. So Yeah, you mentioned groupthink or group mind or something a little while ago and i thought that was i thought that was a, a specific strategy and again don't let me put words in your mouth but it sounds like you keep coming back to this idea of topical authority it's also just kind of a niche built towards an avatar rather than a topic yes meaning somebody's into stealth wealth yeah. whether they call it that or not they're into privacy they're into money and they're into these other things and i think if somebody were focused on that topic they would do the canada article right they would be like oh the best canadian bank for like x y and z even if that's not really what that avatar is interested in and it sounds like you mentioned this earlier like putting yourself in the shoes of this avatar this group of people who are into this like whatever it is to find out what they might be searching what they might be asking what they might be thinking and and all this other sort of stuff i don't know if that made any sense no you're anybody listening but no but that's completely right it is a more of a persona i think it's it's easier to first just broadly think of it as mapping the topic but you're right ultimately you're only doing that exercise to figure out who your audience is maybe and then you sort of are retargeting toward them. So that I think that's correct, yeah. yeah. Well, we only got uh, another couple of minutes, but really quickly, let's talk about the quote-unquote failed site. You started these sites roughly about the same time. Why do you think, if you had to name like two or three reasons why this other site didn't work out, what would you start pointing to? Well, first thing I would... the the first thing I mentioned is that this second site is a very different niche. This wasn't like a perfect, you know, controlled experiment. So it's, it's entirely possible that, you know, when doing this, as, as you can imagine, you could get way too specific and perhaps there is not the volume you think there is. Or as I think what happened in the second site's case was it basically was actually surprisingly broader than it i thought i was going too specific but in reality the deeper i dove 
the, the more topics there were to cover. And I realized that this was not like a 500 article niche like I had planned out. This was more like a 2000 article one. So to reach the same like level of topical relevancy or coverage or whatever, uh, I would have to produce more articles. And I, I've continued with that, albeit at a slower pace, but that site is actually showing promise. That's the other thing is that the first site, I did have some like sort of SEO advantage in that I had simply registered the site and threw up just like a what I call a shell site, basically like a, a site that's basically just like, you know, the basic legal pages and a few blog posts that sort of help set the, the, the topic. So broad strokes kind of articles related to it. I threw that up about, I don't know, at least, at least six months in advance on the other one. So that site was just simply indexing much faster. If you actually like exclude these first few, like the first six months basically of the second case study site, it's actually not that dissimilar, the the traffic. So last month- That's great it, news. Yeah, so last month it, it took longer, but it, it's it's starting to double. It's had two months in a row basically where the traffic has doubled. That's where this site sort of started at a, at a lower number, but it started having that you know compound effect really early. So this site actually, and that, like I said, obviously when you reach a certain critical mass, then you can get into different ad networks and the total earnings, you know, just go up across the board because RPMs are higher. But even on Google, and I wasn't even going to put this on, I don't normally put sites on AdSense. I don't really think it's worth the money usually. I, I'm like, I'd rather have better user experience, get to 50,000, or I ha- have sites on Raptive so I can do uh, 20, 25, yeah, case sessions on that, um, or 30,000 page views, yeah, for that one. So whichever the two I kind of hit first. So basically, yeah, the, this site, yeah, this this site was uh, had a slower start, but it's, I mean, it, it, if it continued at this rate, and I'm not saying it will, but if it did continue at this rate, it would only be like, three to four months before it hits the 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 like ad network level um but for reference it is earning like now this month it'll be like two hundred dollars a month the site only cost a total of 400 in ai credits and i've gone like seven or eight hundred articles deep already since then so it that's crazy yeah so it's it so like I'm, I really only think I need like about a thousand for this one. The answer, you know, is somewhere in between. But so only cost me four hundred. Uh, you know, obviously plus my time, which is not nothing. But but out of pocket that oh. plus maybe a hundred for like hosting and domains and other you know little fees like that for the first year. But this is a site that, like I said, will probably do even just a couple hundred a month on AdSense, like it, if it, if and when it gets into Mediavine, it'll be like a two or three grand a month 
like just at that level to start with site. So I haven't written it off. Like I, 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 part of why I like this, this study is I, I don't, I like the first niche more. So it, it also, that's to answer your question, that also could skew the results. For sure. I definitely yeah. had more of an interest in it. It was like more of like a, a labor of love. Like I did stuff on the site that may or may not affect its ranking, but just made it look nice. And, you know, I, I played around with it a little more. The the second site was like, again, an add-on to, to do this experiment. <laughs> It's a, it, it's, I don't want to say it's like a stepchild, but you know, oh, that's the first word that came to my mind. When you yeah. It, it's kind of, it, I, I don't think they got equal treatment. And so it, it's, it's not a perfect like comparison, but the same technique was applied. And the good thing is the second site, while it hasn't grown as fast, I also didn't have to spend any, all the money up front that I did on the other site hiring the initial I, I seeded the site with content that I wrote and a few other writers for the first few articles just to give it like a real boost to make sure it started off on the right foot. This other one, not only has it been AI since post one, but like the editing is like probably half that of the first site. So if this site works, arguably the second you know, if, if the second site works, it's arguably more valuable because I don't have to spend like, you know, two to three hours on the early posts on those on the second side, I, I spend 30 minutes max. So that's like something you could wildly scale up and for at least a few years, probably make a couple hundred thousand off of. So yeah. I, I, I think it's it. I'm not going to call it the, the failure yet. I it, it, like dollar wise. No, no it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> well, like I said, the other they were started around though. Granted, the same time and one this last month, it did twenty one or twenty two thousand. So of course twenty two. Would you take twenty two thousand or like a two hundred, a little over two hundred dollars? Like the the answer is pretty obvious. But uh, that site may have had some luck, but. Again, I think it got a faster start than the other site, and definitely I poured more time into it. So if you front load, you know, a site with content, and the more and more you do that, like yeah, you you can see like rapid growth, like in the later months. Um, now, for anyone listening, uh, it's important to note that the the timeline of all of this is probably at least six months faster than like if I were working with somebody or trying to help them grow their site, I would probably say you should expect more like a 18 to 24 month, like timeline to reach a site sort of maximum potential, um, like as a solo operator. Uh, that's just my experience. I have like, I have 25 like sites that are active that are, earning some amount of money. So I know that because that's like, I think the limit of my Kinsta plan. And I'm, I'm, I'm like already paying so much in hosting that I'm like, you know, oh, I, dude. I, I can't, I can't go up any, like at some point I'm just going to get in trouble. So I'm like that, that I've, I've held the line on, but the, I have, so I have a lot of these sites to draw data from 
And that's the other thing is, you know, that's another reason you should just start your site is this niche was sort of related to another site I had built years ago. And that site, I didn't have the knowledge or I didn't apply the time, but I did get some keyword data that was interesting that at least for a few of the articles, I was like, huh, these are supposed to be like zero traffic, you know, articles and search terms. And I'm, I'm seeing, you know, 500 pages a month, maybe, maybe even a thousand. So it definitely like, you know, that, that's the real benefit of experimenting with all this. If nothing else, you're just gathering like invaluable proprietary data to inform future sites. So, yeah, for sure, man. Well, Casey, uh, I've already kept you over just a couple of minutes. First of all, thank you for all this. Absolutely. Absolutely fascinating for all the things. I am a big experimenter myself and I just, I don't know. I just think it's cool. (laughs) I'm a nerd. Uh, bloggingguide.com yes. is where uh, the 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 public follow along with Casey's journey sort of stuff lives. Is that correct? Do yeah. you have a YouTube channel or any other socials that you would point people to? Um, I'm, I'm not that active on Twitter. I, there is a blogging guide handle on there uh, operated by me. But the, the other place would be I have like kind of a parallel Substack newsletter under the name Blogging Emails. Guide. And so yeah, that that offers both insights for the free subscribers and there's a paid option in there too. But okay. honestly, my philosophy is really like you know, if you pay, I, I I take it as a compliment and I'm more like a tip. I I do put the best stuff out in public on blogging guide for free. So like, you know, th- there aren't secrets really in the the uh, premium sections. It's just better organized and yeah, stuff like that. So, so people can find that the Substack, uh, like opt in on blogging guide. You can find well? that on there too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Casey. Well, thank you again, man. This no. has been a delight. All right. Thanks for having me, Peter. Appreciate it.